0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast. Never forget, it it's still Thursday, February 27th. And technically, it was still Thursday, February 27th when you listened to uh, the post game podcast from earlier this morning. So think of this as your Friday, February 28th episode, if you will. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode as we get you ready for Friday's game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Buffalo Sabres as the Golden Knights will continue this stretch of home games that they are on and will look to tie a franchise record eighth consecutive victory tomorrow night against the Sabres. Uh, But before we do that, we will have some news that we will also touch on in a little bit. But before we do that as well, usual housekeeping items out of the way. You guys know how we do this every episode. you got to give the welcome. Got to give the welcome to the new people who have clicked onto this podcast for the first time, if you've been looking for any sort of daily podcast content on the Vegas Golden Knights, this is the spot for you. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever else you get your podcasts, you're more than likely finding this podcast on that forum of your choosing. You can follow the show on Twitter at VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you like emails, you can also do that with locked on golden knights at gmail.com and i do appreciate you stopping by as i so eloquently put earlier so we will be talking about golden knights sabers in just a little bit but first we do have some news that we need to uh discuss that broke at about uh, i want to say about eleven fifteen a.m earlier today i was actually on my way to golden knights practice while the press release went out so uh this this came really as I was making my way toward City National Arena. But uh, the Golden Knights have signed forward William Carrier to a four-year contract extension, average annual value of $1.4 million. You do the math, that is about $5.6 million in total over the course up until the 2023-2024 season. The 25-year-old is having... Are without question, the best year of his career has 18 points, seven goals, and 11 assists in 65 games. He has been really the little engine that could on that fourth line that has gotten so much praise and so much uh, credit to what the Golden Knights have done this year, and he's being rewarded. He's a guy that has definitely earned some time on the third line, but his presence has always been known to be a fourth line guy with Tomasz Nosek and Ryan Reeves obviously that could change tomorrow given how the lines kind of switched uh prior to uh what was what day was it Wednesday's game against the uh, who the hell did they play on Wednesday oh my god who in the world did they play oh the, the Edmonton Oilers see guys guys this is what happens okay you cover an 82-game season, and you get to these points with you know, 17 games left in the season where you have really no idea what day is today, what is up, what is down, what is left, what is right, is a hot dog, a sandwich. All of it applies. And to me, I'm going to have those days where I'm just trying to figure out what exactly is the day of today, and what is the day of tomorrow. All I know is apparently tomorrow is Friday, so that that that's all we need to know. But in any event, uh, Carrier uh, has been very good this year. His forechecking is always a staple on that fourth line. He's a wrecking ball type of a player. You'll remember last year, William Carrier and Ryan Reeves, I believe for the most part of the year, I have to go back and look, but they were 1-2 and two in the NHL in hits. They were the, They were the bully boys. They were... You know, throwing their bodies around and putting checks on people. Carrier hasn't really had to do much of that this year he He's definitely shown some flashes of him going out there and, and laying the wood on somebody. but for the most part, Carrier has kind of transformed his game a little bit. he's only twenty five so it's not like he's someone who is you know defined as a fourth line checking guy. He's shown some offensive flashes. The fact that he is so good when he gets out of open space, the minute he touches the puck and he uses that speed to try and attack the net and try and get a puck on net, you can see the playmaking aspect. And you can see why he was deserving of third-line minutes for the better part of this season. He's a guy that you can put at any line, really. And his speed and his ability to crash the net and throw his body at risk is definitely an asset that you want to have for a guy with that kind of ability. Do I think he stays on the fourth line long? I don't think he should. I really think that he is someone who you can throw in a third line, maybe on a second line if you really need to get some checking going on that line. He's someone who I think has definitely earned more playing time. That's for dang sure. And the Golden Knights are rewarding him in kind by at least locking him up for the next four years. The good news for the Golden Knights is that Carrier was going to be a restricted free agent come July 1st and that takes one more guy off the market that also is the second guy this week that they've taken care of Nick Holden who signed his two-year extension on the day of the trade deadline he was also going to be a UFA on July 1st so the Golden Knights now have taken care of two guys who are going who for for better terms, hit the open market come July 1. That's a good thing. As long as you can kind of keep the cap to where you see fit, Carrier gets, a, I want to say it was like a $400,000 raise or somewhere in that ballpark, And that's that's got to be a good feeling. That's got to be a good feeling to make sure you got your core guys at least locked up between now and July 1. Now, the only guys you really need to worry about when it comes to July 1 are more uh, RFAs, you know, the likes of Chandler Stevenson, Nick Cousins, uh, Tomas Nosek. If you want to bring him back, those are three prominent names that are going to be RFAs once again uh, come next year. And then you look at the rest of the picture for the Golden Knights and who's going to be a free agent next year. I mean, you look at, you know, Ryan Reeves, you can probably get Reeves back on less than two point seven seven five million. That's not going to be that difficult. Uh, Nosek's actually a UFA, so that's my bad. Nosek is a UFA after he was an RFA last year. So could you get Nosek back for a million, maybe a little bit less? Absolutely, I think you absolutely could. Um, you know, Nicholas Waugh is an RFA. You definitely want to bring him back. I, and again, the good thing about being in a restricted free agent is I don't see any scenario where the Golden Knights look at this and go, I don't know if we want to bring him back. I don't know if there's going to be a team that's going to match or give him a salary that we're going to have to match and take draft pick conversation. I don't think it's going to be like that. Um, but, you know, you, you look at who else is a, really a notable unrestricted free agent. It's John Merrill, Derek England, and then Reeves and Nosek are the only UFAs. And then, of course, Robin Leonard is a UFA also. So the Golden Knights really they 're in a good they 're in a good spot contract wise they're in a good spot where they can you know call up guys next year for a full time permanent basis you know likes of Cody glass uh, if you see him as your third line center or whatever the case may be you have the likes of Zach whitecloud who has i think played his way to a really close to permanent role on this roster he's also an r f a uh, next year which that should be easy to lock up you know Nick Hague is another guy that could probably see more time next year the, the the Golden Knights can can certainly find ways to round out this roster with young players and still bringing back those guys that they've had on the roster for cheap not too shabby deals so good deal for Carrier good deal for the Golden Knights keep Carrier up until probably his age 30 season or close to it And you got to feel good if you're the Golden Knights to get to keep that guy who has steadily improved since year one when they took him in the expansion draft from Buffalo to see where he's come from being just a regular fourth line checking guy to showing that he's got some real offensive potential. Um, Good deal on both sides. And it definitely helps to get Carrier locked up for the next four years. Speaking of Buffalo, the Sabres are in town uh, for the only time this year that they will be in town to take on the Golden Knights. These Sabres, they're a weird team. And I'm not, and I don't, the Sabres are weird because every year, or at least every, you know, 20, 30 games, they go on this run where they play so well that they're near the top of the league or they're near the top of the standings. And it's like, okay, this is finally the year the Sabres break through And finally get to the playoffs. And that was kind of the same thing earlier this year. Their goaltending was phenomenal in the first 10, 15, 20 games of the season. Jack Eichel was playing like a heart trophy candidate. It just everything seemed to be falling in place for the Sabres until it didn't. Right. I mean, Victor Olofsson was playing like he was a Calder finalist. Maybe he still is, but I don't think at this rate that he will be. I think the finalists are nearly set with McCarr, Hughes, and Merzlikens. I think that's fair to say. But you look at the supporting cast that the Sabres have around Eichel and it's just underwhelming when you think about it. I mean Rasmus Dalin in his second season has been actually very been very good, you know, thirty-seven points in fifty-three games. But you look at Eichel, who's got seventy seven points this year, there's not one guy where you can look at and go, Yeah, I know I think that's the second guy. Like Jeff Skinner has had a very disappointing season, 21 points in 53 games. Sam Reinhart's actually their second leading scorer with 50 points in 63 games. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen's got 31 points. Marcus Johansson's got 25 points. I, I mean, it's it, Kyle Opozo's got 18 points. It Brandon Montour's got 17. But like it, you look at the even former golden knight, Colin Miller has 11 points in 47 games. I think the golden Knights won that trade. Um, there's just the the whole thing about Buffalo is that can they get anybody else outside of the man named Jack, man named Jack Eichel and carry the load? That's what at first I thought that that's what they were getting with, uh, you know, trading for Jeff Skinner. And I think what Skinner had 40 goals last year or something close to that, I think. Uh, let me let me double check here because I think he did have 40 goals last year, right? Yeah, he had 40 goals last year. That, that to me was like, okay, that's the guy that's going to be to Eichel's number two. And then you got 12 goals in 53 games and a minus 16. Like, it's not good. I mean, can you imagine if Ryan O'Reilly was still with Buffalo? <laughs> it, it's, I know it's a ridiculous thing to think about, but man, could they use him right now? Could they use him right now? So the Golden Knights trying to win their eighth straight game. And for some reason, the Sabres pose a big problem to Vegas, or at least they have over the last couple of years. The, the one thing that I think Vegas will need to do in this game, much like they did against McDavid and Saddle on Wednesday, clog up the neutral zone and see if you can stop Eichel. Don't give Eichel time and space. Because in the first period of that Edmonton game, the Golden Knights had done a very good job for the most part containing McDavid and Drysdale. There there were a couple of instances where McDavid had a couple of breakaways and if not for maybe a couple of posts, maybe a crossbar here and there, he probably would have scored. Drysdale had an, had a uh, had a chance 15 seconds into the game. I think he had two chances actually, 15 seconds into the game. As the game wore on though, Vegas did a great job getting the puck out of their zone. You know, starting the attack, not really matching Edmonton stride for stride, but you know, they he, they were doing enough to where they could counteract that speed. And the one way you counteract that speed is if you get quick clear outs and start moving the puck through the neutral zone and keep those guys on the ice really as long as you possibly can. And that's exactly what Vegas did, and it was a huge uh proponent to why Vegas shut out Edmonton on Wednesday night. The other proponent of that was Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, here's where I think the Golden Knights are going to be in a very interesting spot because general consensus would indicate that Robin Leonard will make his Golden Knights debut tomorrow night. Now, Now, that obviously hasn't been confirmed. We'll know more about that when we get to Morning Skate on Friday. But so far as I know, Pete DeBoer has been adamant that he is going to use this rotation. He is going to use a rotation of Flurry and Leonard. Now, when I think of general rotation and constant rotation, I'm thinking in these final 18 games, including Wednesday against the Oilers, 9-9 split, which means Leonard should be playing tomorrow against Buffalo. Now, here's the thing. Mark Andre Fleury in his last five starts has been absolutely incredible. I think I think I read the stats off last night's five zero and zero with a one point six something GAA with two shutouts and a nine forty one save percentage. Now it's it's helped because Fleury has Flurry had two starts by Malcolm Subban in that stretch right before they won the seventh in a row uh, last night. Flurry had four straight bookended between starts from Subban. And, you know, fortunately the golden Knights did get the win in both of those games, but Subban still allowed a lot of goals. Fleury has been spectacular. He has been on point. He is playing like the guy that, you know, that if the golden Knights get into the playoffs, they've got the best goalie in the Pacific division. Now, of course they've got the best goalie tandem in the Pacific division. So that definitely plays a factor into what Vegas wants to do. But as far as I can tell, there is going to be a rotation. Now, how much of that rotation is going to be used, we'll find out tomorrow. If it is Leonard going in, obviously an emotional type of game. Leonard's first game as a starter in that environment, in that arena. I did ask him today if he was looking forward to it. He's, He's kind of on this... Um, what's the way to put it? Leonard is on this kind of mindset where he's just he's just in Vegas right now and he's ready to be called upon when needed. And you know that's a good mindset to have because you also talked to him earlier today. I wish I wish my phone would have saved the audio. If you've used an iPhone to record audio, it's the most ridiculous thing now because now apparently audio won't save when you hit the record button because now you got zero seconds. Of audio on a file, but he was asked today about his time in Chicago, and he kind of reaffirmed what he had said uh, on Tuesday that he thought he was going to get a contract extension with Chicago, and none of that really happened. No, but they did not approach Leonard about a new deal, and. He also mentioned that when he was in Chicago, there was a moment where the Blackhawks, I think he won like 9 of 10, 12 of 15. I think those were the numbers that he used. And then all of a sudden, he went to the bench in favor of Corey Crawford, which, I mean, I get it. Crawford, Stanley Cup winning goalie, it, make, it makes sense that you'd want to go to him. But at the same time, you paid this guy to basically be the one who would eventually take over for Corey Crawford. And now... That's not the case, and yet still, at this point in the regular season, his GAA is crap, but his save percentage has been fantastic. And even he admitted, Leonard did that. He's not that the last few weeks hasn't been great for him in terms of his play. So there's a lot to factor in there. You know how, how he performs if he does get the call tomorrow. How he performs in front of that crowd for the first time. Uh, Can he keep the momentum going? He knows Buffalo well. I mean, he played there, for God's sakes. He is going to be someone who is relied upon to get the Golden Knights deep into a playoff run. And tomorrow, I think, is a great first test because Buffalo, not a good team, not a good team overall. Leonard knows the environment very well. He knows Buffalo very well. And I think it'd be a good test for him. Just, it's not like throwing him in in against a contender and go, Okay, dude, we traded for you. They don't need to do that with Leonard. They just need him to spell Flurry for a couple of games. And you know, part of me wants to be like, if you want to keep Flurry on this hot streak, that's I think what they should do. But now they put themselves in the position where they go, Okay, well, we've got to put this guy who's a Vesna finalist in there. So it'd be very interesting to see how that pans out. But back to Buffalo for a second. They're they're a weird team in the sense that it doesn't seem like they're far out of the playoffs, but they are. I mean, they're ten points back of Toronto. They're ten points, or I think they're eight points back, or ten points back of a wild card spot. So it's not as if they're, they're unless they go on a run where they win like sixteen of the last eighteen or whatever it is. They're likely going to miss the playoffs again but for some reason buffalo gives this team fits man they they've given this team fits every single year that they've been, every single year so far that vegas has been in the league and you know vegas has gotten its fair share of wins but for some reason just the the finesse the forechecking the the passing it it troubles vegas buffalo's style of play does so if vegas can do pretty much the same as they did on wednesday Clog the neutral zone, get out of your zone, zone in a quick way, active sticks, try and make life as easy as possible on Leonard slash Flurry, whoever goes in, and try and limit the breakaways, try and limit the good chances, uh, try and limit the high danger chances as best you can from Buffalo, then I think Vegas is going to be in a good position here to win their eighth straight game. I mean, they know they're the better team. They're playing like a better team right now. Really, all you got to do is go out and do it. We're at the point now where you got to get as many wins as you can. And with Vancouver losing tonight uh, to Ottawa, which, you know, amazing story in Ottawa tonight with Bobby Ryan, you're seeing teams not win at the right time. This is Vegas's best chance to kind of separate some ground. And now you got a four point lead. Uh, Not sure off the top of my head if Edmonton is playing tomorrow. If they are, then that's another game that the Golden Knights are going to need to win in order to establish some separation. And the Oilers actually are not playing. Uh, then again, it would be their third game in, what, four nights. So probably a good thing that they're not playing. But actually, yeah, they're outside of the Ducks. The Golden Knights are the only team in the Pacific Division playing on Friday. So you got a real good chance, if you're Vegas right now, to s- establish more separation and go up six points in the division. And if you can do that, with at that point 16 games to go with a lot of four point games coming up in the next few in the next few weeks yeah you're going to need to win games like this and you can't you cannot let buffalo um, beat you in a track meet you can't let buffalo come in your building and beat you the way that they beat you be in buffalo uh, just a month ago so golden knights and sabers tomorrow night 10 o'clock Eastern time almost said 10 o'clock. If there is ever a golden Knights game at 10 o'clock PM Pacific time one, I need to know who in the hell scheduled that one Two, uh clearly everyone would hate us at that point because there is nobody who should ever need to have a 10 o'clock game at any point, unless you are watching the game from the East coast to which then I say, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always, it's weird. Would I ever want to go live on the East coast to cover sports? I don't know. I, I don't know if I could deal with the cold and all that jazz, but if it's me, I think watching a hockey game at like 10, at night, I think sounds pretty cool to me. I, I don't know why. Just the thought of, you know, getting home after watch after covering a game at like what, seven o'clock or something like that, and then all of a sudden turn on the TV, oh crap, there's more hockey. The Golden Knights are about to play, or the Sharks or the Ducks are about to play, and it's like 10, 1030 at night. To me, as someone who obviously you guys know, rarely ever sleeps, to me that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I I maybe not it may not be cool for everybody else, but I'm weird like that. I'm very weird like that. So 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Golden Knights, Sabres. You can catch the game on AT&T Sports Network or NHL TV if you have NHL TV. That's that's always a good thing as well. So let's uh, let's go one quick look around the league before we get out of here. I, I know I think there's one game left. Devils and Sharks are actually in the second intermission right now. Uh, no one gives a damn about that game. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. Devils and Sharks tied two by the way. Uh, the Rangers... Here come the Rangers, man. The Rangers are looking very lethal. Uh, if they can if they can figure out a way to sneak in, I mean, right now, where are they? Two points back of a wild card. Uh they're five points back of the Flyers in the Metro, who, by the way, are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Uh if the Rangers can make a run here, man, they're only two points back of Columbus. That get me Artemi Panera into the playoffs right now. That is that is chef's kiss. That is, that is. Mwah. It, get me Artemi Panarin. Get me the bread man, the way he's playing right now in the playoffs. It is absolutely insane watching him operate the way that he is right now. And it's it, it's fun to see. The Rangers scored four in the third period. They were down 2-1, to one and they won 5-2 against the Montreal Canadiens, who I believe are slipping, slipping, slipping ever so quickly out of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have now lost four in a row, all thanks to the Vegas Golden Knights beating them to start this streak. Uh, the Blackhawks scored five in the third. Yeah. Uh, Tampa went up 2-0, and then Saad, Kubalik, cuckoo Kubalik again, and Kubalik again. So <laughs> Dominic Kubalik had a hat trick, and the Blackhawks scored five unanswered to beat the Lightning 5-2. to two. As far as the Blackhawks are concerned... They're not completely out of it yet. They're eight back of Nashville now in the wildcard. We'll talk about Nashville quickly in just a moment. Um, but the Blackhawks, eight back of the, of the Predators and nine back of the Flames. Probably running out of time for the Blackhawks. But they've been able to pull out some of these wins that where you just go, really? How do they do that? Uh, but another team that pulls out wins where you're like, how do they do that? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, my betting column this week on uh, gaming today mainly talked about the trade deadline. And I usually pick three games. Uh, one of those games was Maple Leafs and Panthers, because for some reason in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I think Toronto is so distraught that they lost to a Zamboni driver, a 42 year old Zamboni driver that they will probably not win another game for the rest of the year. And now I have think they've won like what, two or three in a row and they beat the Panthers after scoring two more times in the third period. So apparently the Maple Leafs got their rack together the Kyle Dubas by not trading anybody at the deadline is like you know what we're running with this team. They may suck, but you know what they're talented enough to where they can get their you know, get their ish together in a sense. So the Maple Leafs win again. They beat the Panthers, and all of a sudden now Toronto looks competent again. Uh, the Bruins beat the Stars four to three. David Pasternak scored again. Uh, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, it's like David Pasternak has scored. Whenever there's a day that ends in Y, that's when Don, David Pasternak scores a goal. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, I kind of touched on it a little bit, beat the uh, Vancouver Canucks 5-2. to So huge win uh, in terms of what that looks like for Vegas. But Bobby Ryan, a hat trick in his first game since November. He obviously took his leave due to uh, his uh, his dealings with alcoholism. Uh, comes back in his first game in about 100 days, I think it was, or whatever it was. And scores a hat trick, and that and to watch the reaction from the senators fans to chant, you know Bobby, Bobby," that was so cool to see Awesome to see Bobby Ryan get back on the ice and to deliver a good win for ottawa uh, the minnesota wild i 've tried to figure out what is to th- what is to uh, be of the Minnesota wild. I know it 's the Red Wings, but the wild put up seven goals. <laughs> against the Red Wings, which I guess is a indictment on how bad the Red Wings have been. But the Minnesota wild, I, I mean, you think that they're going to be done and then they're right there, three points back of the first wild card. The the wild are not going anywhere. My friends, they are, even though they've given up on Jason Zucker and they've made a couple of other moves that they, they should have made more moves really at the deadline. Cause I thought they were in complete cell mode. They stand pat with whoever else they have and now they're three points back of the wild card. They are right there in the thick of things. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, 3-2 win over the Islanders in overtime. The Blues are continuously trying to separate themselves from the Golden Knights for the top spot in the Western Conference. They also have to deal with their own division uh, foes in Colorado and Dallas. Obviously, it helps that Dallas got a loss tonight in Boston, but... You know St. Louis is still kind of that weird up and down, up and down roller coaster type of deal where you think they're slipping and then right in the last moment they get a big win against the revamped islanders. Uh, by the way, the islanders now holding the first wild card um, only a, they're a point back of Philly and for third in the Metro, so that's another race to watch. Uh, In the final weeks of the season, Uh, the Nashville Predators, (laughs) another team that it's like, are they really about to blow this? Uh, They damn near lost one in regulation. I think I can't remember who it was. I think it was, was it Mangiapane that scored? Yeah, it was Andrew Mangiapane who gave Calgary the lead with like 43 seconds to go. Mikhail Backlund had one hell of a play to set it up. And then Mikhail Grandlin with the winner in OT because Mikhail Grandlin tied it with 0.1 seconds remaining in regulation. Now, obviously, thinking regulation time, the when I think of buzzer-beating goals and the Predators, I think of Max Pacioretty's goal back in November that kind of set the whole thing of the, the revival of the Golden Knights Uh, into motion, if you will. Uh, 4-3 to win. The Predators get the big win over the Flames. And as it stands right now, the Predators are one point back of the Flames for the first wild card in the Western Conference. And the Flames have two games in hand. The only thing I am going to say about this, ladies and gentlemen, is that I hope within my heart of hearts that we get... Vegas, Nashville in round one. We are on pace for that. And I do not mind making a nice business trip to Nashville at some point in April. I would be very, very much on board with that. Um, The Predators, they still got a long way to go to catch Dallas or Colorado. So looking like the wild card is really within their grasp. Please, hockey gods! I, I, it would probably backfire on me to ask for this, but I, I'm hoping Vegas, Nashville, because I'd like to go to Nashville. Uh, who wouldn't want to go to Nashville this time of year? And the uh, Winnipeg Jets, by the way, blanked the Washington Capitals three to nothing. The Capitals continue to lose a lot. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but they are somehow l- looking like an inferior team at this point. They, I think, what is it? Three and nine in the last 12 or something in that something in that ballpark. It's ridiculous. The Jets tied with the Predators uh, at 72 points. But again, the Predators, three games in hand on the Jets. So the Predators are sitting pretty right now at 72 points. I'm telling you, Vegas, Nashville, make it happen. Make it happen. That, that, that is my plea. That is my plea for this evening. All right, that is your look. Around the league, which means our look around the league is concluded, which means it is time for us to get out of here. Uh, thank you once again to all of you who have downloaded, shared, subscribed, listened to this podcast in general. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. If you do have it on Apple Podcasts, if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating and a review, uh, let me know how I'm doing on the podcast. I'm mean, not the best podcaster in the world. I'm trying. Uh, actually, no, I'm not trying to become the best podcast in the world because that's. Basically impossible, but uh, having a lot of fun doing this. Hope you guys are enjoying uh, the content that I'm bringing to you. And if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, you know, let me know. You know, the other day, I got the thing about you know the lengthy intros, and I'm working on cutting down the intros and cut, kind of seeing a little bit cut down a little bit. At some point, we'll get away from you know telling everybody to find the podcast on this platform and this platform but at some point. Maybe we'll just get like a 30-second intro and just go right in. I'm still learning. You know, We're almost to 100 episodes, and it's definitely not perfect. But I do appreciate for those of you who support the podcast and listen to it. All of it is greatly appreciated. So that'll do it for me tonight, everybody. Thank you for listening. Tonight, we will be back for the post game pod on Saturday morning, Friday night-ish. Um, it's more than likely going to be on Saturday morning. So look around 12, 12.30 a.m., uh, midnight time. Uh, if anything, I might just schedule the podcast for 6 a.m. Saturday morning. So be on the lookout for that. But until then, friends, have a good night. Have a good day. Have a good weekend, whatever it is that you're doing. Hope you enjoy yourselves. But until next time, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And I will see you technically tomorrow night. Have a good one.